Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Alright, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Hang on a Friday. It is officially the start of summer. Not officially according to the calendar. We had a big debate at my house the other day. We had bet money on yep. the line. Yeah. My daughters and my wife were both fighting. They're like, it's May 30th or something. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, you can say the unofficial start is Memorial Day. Right. It is. Correct. Especially you go up the Hamptons week, like everybody goes out Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yeah. But according to the calendar, it's June 21st, which is, is the official, official start, start of, of summer. Yeah. Like it's, we're still in spring technically. And then June 20 or June 21st, it switches over to summer. Like according to the calendar, right, 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 right. I get it gets hotter and all that stuff, but. It is I know the there's seven more days start. of school down here. I know, <laughs> I know that. that too. Yeah. We're down to five. So we're, okay, we're all right. next Friday yeah, we're right. off. And I know that it's summer here pretty much year round because the weather here in South Florida is good. Uh, all right. We've got a big show to get to. We're going to get to the Bucks Raptors. Uh, the all NBA teams are announced. Uh, we're going to recap a incredibly fun day for me yesterday on Twitter, <laughs> uh, which was a lot of ton, a uh, ton of fun. Just getting right. ripped to pieces over that. And we're going to, Raja didn't get to weigh in. So we'll let you do that. Um, before we get to anything, Debo's probably like, what are we doing? Did you, so we do an update before the show. If you're listening to the podcast, you might not know. By the way, you can go watch us on CBS Sports HQ if you're listening. You can watch us anytime. But we do updates every hour. No. One of the updates was Nick Bosa is out probably in uh. training camp with, do you remember my biggest gripe? Like people were mad at me because I had Quinton Williams as the number one, uh, defensive player available. Yeah. And then I just went Josh Allen and I had, I did not have, uh, Nick Bosa is one of my it's top his tier. It's his it potential his, health risk. The availability. Yeah. You've seen his brother struggle with injuries. He's at Ohio State struggle with injuries. One of the factors you have to take into consideration is availability. Can you play for 16 games? That was my biggest issue with him. And when he's engineered the way he is, like his family, his dad played in the NFL, right. his brother played in the NFL. He was testing specifically for the combine. That's why he sat out his second half of the season. Like, my concern is that he's just this robot and is not an athlete that's just a football player. Right. And maybe he'll be great, but this is not a good start. You do not want to be the guy that ends up in the in the training room in the cold tub every single day. you got to go out there and earn the respect of your teammates. Again, maybe he does and it's no big deal. But it's just one of those things and one of the reasons it was a red flag for me. Yeah, it's not a great look when you're when you're coming out. And I look, I've people individually are injury prone, but it's really interesting that his brother's another one that's really injury prone. Right. And, and and now he pops up and and didn't play a senior year. He's out to begin. And as a rookie specifically, like that's a tough way to have to start your 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 career. Yeah, you because guys will start rolling their eyes. Yeah. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's a tough one to overcome. All right, Raptors Bucks last night. My man Tommy Tram was filling in for you yesterday. Mm-hmm. Gave me an outstanding bet. I told him I was what? leaning towards the rap. Yeah, I might What's have to start. Up, hey, hey, have Tommy Tran in here on, as opposed bro, to I thought we had side going. Whenever we do our, uh, our gambling segment. So we were talking about the game, the preview yesterday, and the Raptors were a seven, seven yeah. and a half point underdog. I was like, man, I like that number in a playoff situation. It seems really big. And Tommy was like, yeah, you might make a point, but he's like, I love the first half. They were plus five okay. uh, underdogs in the first half. So I took that, which they hit. They yep. won. Then, because I had a nice little win under my belt, you know what I did? Yeah, you. I was liking the way the game was going. I was like, all right, I'm going to take the Raptors to win outright. Ooh. So took them, and they did. And mm. what is a shocker, I would say to most people, I can't believe it was that. It was just like uh, 10 days ago. The rap, or the Bucks were sitting at eight and one in the playoffs. People are saying, oh, they could potentially beat the Warriors. Now they're fighting for their playoff li- uh, lives going back to Toronto in an elimination game where I think the pressure 
is firmly shifted on them, and they didn't look that great last night. Man, uh, so I'm always worried about a team, um, a home team that comes out and is playing their best basketball, and they got like a 16-point lead. And when you look back at the TV after you went to the fridge, it's a four-point lead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in, in the first quarter, and you're like, man, the, the road team really withstood that that uh, that onslaught, and they're still in the game. And at that point, I was like, uh-oh, like we have a problem here in Milwaukee. And, you know, what's happened, and again, I give Joey the credit I did the other day, is the, the deeper we get into these playoffs, the more the inexperience of some of the Milwaukee players starts to show up, right? And, you were all over that early in the series. But, but um, the – so like Giannis last night just looked – he just didn't look like himself. He looks confused sometimes. He looks like he's he's frustrated, right? Um, you know, Chris Middleton struggled again. Looks like he can't really figure out, you know, how to counter what's being done to him by Toronto. What he, what he needs to do for that team. The two most poised players for them last night in my opinion were Brooke Lopez. Um, and I thought he stood out and then um what's the little the guard's name? George Hill. Oh. George Hill was solid too. Even Bledsoe who had 20 points and he played well. They looked sped up. They looked like they weren't in their comfort zone. It looked like they were playing, you know, to some degree out of their element. And Kawhi, conversely, is just doing what he does, man. And, you know, for the life of me, I can't figure out why Milwaukee just allows my man to run around the court and make every play for the Raptors. And that's what he's doing. Like, he scored, what, 30? What do you have last night? 30? 35, right? Yeah, but that's look. Good scores are going to score the ball. Mm-hmm. He's making the play for Fred VanVleet. Fred VanVleet made seven threes. Almost all of them were either off of a Kawhi assist or off of a Kawhi hockey assist. Where you know he hit somebody and they and they hit Fred VanVleet. You are allowing Kawhi to make the plays. He is serving it up for other people. Get the ball out of his hands. I don't know why this is so hard. They do it at the park. You'll have seven-year-olds do it. If you go out and watch them play, if there's one person that's killing them, even they'll figure out, "Uh uh-oh, like maybe we need to throw two people at him and make him get off the ball. I don't understand why you keep letting this dude just do what he wants. You're switching switching the big on him, and and, and that's not working. Get the ball out of his hands. Employ the strategy that Golden State used against against, um, against, uh, Damian Lillard. Make the other guys make a play. Danny, there's a huge difference between knocking down a shot that's been served up to you on a platter and you getting the ball and having to make a play. Those Raptor players aren't having to make plays for themselves. All they're having to do is catch and shoot. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me because you've got a situation where and I think NBA coaching probably doesn't matter a lot through the regular season. It's managing egos, getting guys minutes, there's some strategy late in games, but I think in a playoff series like this, this is when it can be the difference. When teams are pretty evenly matched and right. they've got, you know, pretty uh close rosters up and down, this is where the coaching makes a difference. I think Nick Nurse has done a fantastic job making adjustments uh throughout this series, going down 2-0, then going back, getting the two games to Toronto, and now 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 this, where Mike Boonholzer's gotta do something to adjust to this, like you were talking about exactly. Yeah, there are a few things that Mike Mike Boonholzer is getting outcoached right now. Um if you were Nick Nurse, you had to come into this series and want to control tempo. I don't think you did that so well in games one and two. You've really ground them to a halt. So I imagine he's talking to his team about not getting up and down um, into a rat race with them, kind of being more selective about when they run Toronto, that is. Switching Kawhi on on Giannis has, has been really good. But it's not just that. If you watch last night, they're playing a zone. Like they're effectively in a high 3-2 zone because Giannis and, and Kawhi are at the top. 
You've got the two wing defenders sitting right there at the elbows, and you got the two secondary defenders behind the ball almost at the blocks. That's a 3-2 zone. Like, they are zoning them up. Um, and, and Milwaukee hasn't made an adjustment to the fact that that's not a pure man-to-man. That is some, to, to some degree, a zone. There are ways to beat zone. They're not in it. They're just still spaced out thinking Giannis can get to the basket. The, the other thing that Milwaukee hasn't done well is have a variety in their offense. It, it's like Mike Budenholzer said, all right, through 80-some games or 90 games, you know, every, we've been allowed to be in transition. And, you know, that's where we thrive. And clearly Giannis is a better player in transition because he doesn't shoot the ball great. Eric Bledsoe, same thing. If we're in transition, we're great. But what what happens in playoff games is they slow down. And to your point, you know, Nick Nurse and staff, are they're controlling the game a little bit more. The Toronto Raptors are selective about when they run, so there's not a track meet. You have to give them different looks now. You have to figure out how to get Giannis in different uh, different spots on the floor where he can catch it quickly and go, where there's not – you know, he's not at the top of the key with five sets of eyes looking at him where maybe you've run him off of some action. He could catch it real quick, you know, down in the mid post and rip and get to the basket. And, and Mike Boonholzer's offense, when that game grinds to a halt, uh, hasn't, hasn't been, uh, enough, uh, for, for them to get these wins. Did you think Giannis was scared to go to the free throw line? Cause that was a narrative that was coming out. A lot of people were talking about saying he looks a little tentative at the basket. He's not going as strong because he's not a good free throw shooter. Did you notice any of that? Um, or do you think he was off? I think you could interpret it different ways because I, I do think he looked out of sorts. I think he is getting off of the ball in spots where he normally wouldn't get off of the ball. I didn't really attribute it to not wanting to go to the free throw line, but, but it could be that. Um, what I would say to Giannis, and I found myself saying it last night was like, look, I don't care if you go three for 10, keep doing it. I don't care if you go, you know, three for 15, keep going and, and putting the pressure on that defense because A, you know, we're in the bonus. Other guys will get opportunities to shoot free throws now because you've gotten us into the bonus, right? B, you're going to have foul trouble, you know, on all of those guys. And C, you'll continue to suck people in and that will continue to spring people for wide open shots. So don't let the fact that you're, you're missing free throws deter you from getting to the rack. Continue to do what you do. That's the way they're built. For the second half of the season when LeBron was hurt and even really when he was healthy too, Kevin Durant and what he was doing with the Warriors, he was being talked about as the best player in the world. Then there was a sliver of, there was a moment probably about a month ago when we were talking about Kawhi. Remember the Kawhi? Is he Kobe? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. some people out there took a lot of heat for saying he's, mm-hmm. uh, he's more clutch than Kobe and he's better than Kobe. So now that he's got this series where he's been insane he has seven 35 point games in these playoffs which is i mean he's literally put this raptors team on the back he, he did it again yeah. last night uh he's got the nba finals mvp from 2014 should he be in this conversation with kevin durant or do you still think kevin durant is a unique animal because of the size and the uniqueness of what he does at 611 well i still think kevin durant is different than Kawhi, but I'm ready to have the conversation about having Kawhi up there. I, I don't know that we've seen the best of Kawhi. Right. Because yeah. he, well, he was limping around a game ago. And we're sitting there saying, I wonder how he is health-wise. Sure didn't seem to bother him there. Ka- Kawhi is one of those interesting dudes. Like, he only had nine, I mean, he had nine assists last night. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the only time in his career he's ever had nine assists, right? Like, so he hasn't even, he hasn't tapped even really in. tapped into like his potential as a playmaker. He's just doing things with the basketball offensively in ISO situations that, that remind you of the, the greats, of the MJs, of the of the birds, of the of the Kobe's guys that can just get a bucket whenever they need a bucket. But he hasn't even tapped in really to to his ability to affect the game um, by facilitating and stuff like that. So you know he's still on on his um uh, you know arc as a player on his trajectory. He's still on the rise. I, I I think he's got more room to grow right now than Kevin Durant does as a player. Right. Um. And that's a scary thing. So I'm ready to have that conversation with him. I'm going to say this again. Playoff basketball 
is different because I'm sitting there as your opponent with nothing but time on my hands and tape in front of me to dissect what you do and, and try to counter that, right? In, a, in regular season games, you're moving from game to game, city to city. You'll get a loose breakdown of a team. But quite frankly, you ain't got all the time to be really trying to take away their strengths and weaknesses, right? right? This one is really simple to me. As a secondary or third-level player my entire career, my nightmare was having to make the play. Now, I could finish a play mm-hmm. if Steve made the play for me or Allen Iverson made it or Dirk made it, and because they doubled, here I sit with a wide-open shot. I felt great in that space, right? But my nightmare was for you to give me the ball and say, all right, buddy, either get a good shot or get somebody else a good shot. I just didn't do that really well, right? Right. Um, you are allowing their primary playmaker to continue to make plays. If I am Milwaukee, Kyle Lowry, good luck beating me. Now they he could do it, but good luck with that. Um Fred Van Vliet, right. Good luck beating me. Pascal Siakam, good luck beating me. I am getting the ball out of Kawhi's hands as soon as I could get it out of his hands. And then there was no like sense of urgency. Like I watched Malcolm Brogdon guard him and Chris Middleton. When that man gives the ball up, you should be dying. Like, literally almost dying to try to stop him from getting the ball back. They don't. They just let him get it back, and here he comes in an ISO again. No real sense of urgency and clearly no strategy as it pertains to getting the ball out of Kawhi's hands. I just think they've, they've, they've really – they put themselves in a really bad spot now. This, yeah, they did. It's ugly. Going back to Toronto's again, they're going to have their fans full. Uh, the seven 35-point games in these playoffs over the past 20 seasons, the only other player with seven 35-point games uh, – before the NBA Finals, LeBron James, who did it three times, three different times. So it's pretty rare error that he's uh, flying with. There was something about it. Remember we talked about Drake and that bothered me about the game in Toronto? There was something that bothered me off the court last night. Yeah. So Milwaukee, great. Like the scene there has been off the charts. Yeah. Right? Fear of the deer, all that stuff. It's been insane. They do something where they pan to the crowd and, you know, it's known for beer and cheese, right? Right, right, right. So they right. do this little beer show. You got David Bakhtiari, Packers offensive lineman. Yeah. Great dude. Just guzzles it. Just chugs the beer, uh, puts bomb. it back. He's Correct. a boss, right? And then they pan over to his quarterback. Wait, he did two? Oh, he knocked down two. I didn't even know he did two. Yeah, Kristen so, Yelich knocked one down next to him. Was, too. All right, so then, yeah, so he did, then he's pointing Aaron Rodgers. When Aaron Rodgers got to do his thing. I love, I love the font there. Game of Thrones extra yeah. and NFL <laughs> Uh, so he starts taking a drink. Uh. And he doesn't even finish it. He just uh. gives up and shakes his head. Like, doesn't even get to it. Here's the thing. If you, like, I understand. Maybe you might have just had a hot dog or something, uh, or you had a beer that you just finished and uh, you're not feeling it, then just wave it off. Like, yeah. don't start. If you can't finish the job, then don't start the job. 100%. It looks way worse. You should just be like, nah, do something like this. Like, I'm full. Do something. Hand it to Mallory Edens. Let her do it on your half. The the daughters of the owner. <laughs> Mallory, let her do it for you. Mallory <laughs> was with the epic troll job of Pusha yes, T there. That was you know, outstanding. Drake with the Pusha T-shirt. Um, but she's tough. Right. <laughs> Can we get that oh, out yeah, of the way? She's very strong. Yeah, she's strong, strong, quite strong. strong. Yes. Um, you are obligated, Aaron Rodgers, to knock that beer down. There's no other way to put it. That's almost, that's like having a receiver, you know. Well, it's a right, missing a layup. You, you missed a layup. Yeah. It's right there, dude. You threw like, a pick six. You owe it to the entire building to knock that damn beer down. I hadn't even, I hadn't even really thought of the, 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 the possibility that maybe he was trolling everybody that was brought up to us by a producer. It yeah. looked to me kind of soft. 
I thought it was hundred percent soft. soft. Yeah. Now he's he's got an issue, but you mentioned that Kristen Yelich also did it. Like yeah. everybody else is out there doing it. You gotta suck it up at that you point. You gotta knock that down, bro. If, you, if you're the GOAT, right? You're the like, you're the face of the franchise, like Packers are uh 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 yeah, they're, they're, what is it? Wisconsin, <laughs> let's go, let's get it done. Exactly. Step up your game, Aaron Rodgers. I love that the uh graphic though. Game of Thrones extra and NFL. and NFL. They, uh, they they led with the Game of Thrones extra. So that where was, was Danica though? I don't know. It's a good thing. That was my first initial. Was Danica would have knocked that down. Oh yeah, absolutely. She would have down. Right? She absolutely would have. Right. Disappointing night for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't affect him this season. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Haley Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. So actually yesterday we were talking about being on our phone during the show. Yep. I was looking up stats. Today I actually got a text from my mom, and the reason I texted back is I know her and my uh, dad are traveling to the airport, so she's picking him up, yep. and she's telling what she thinks is my dad, I'm right outside ready to pick you up. So I'm trying to text her so my dad doesn't get in trouble. Oh, true, like she's going to be sitting true. out there for You're an hour, do, and they missed their flight. So I would typically never do that, but it's mom. you got to look out for yes. mom, right? Uh, the Golden State Warriors – are waiting to find out who they play. We're just talking about the Raptors Bucks. Uh as that series uh moves to game six on Saturday. It, maybe it's gonna be the Raptors, maybe it's still gonna be the Bucks. But the bigger question mark is will they have Kevin Durant or not? And how much of the series could they have him back for? It seems like every report that you get back and when you hear Steve Kerr talk about it, that it's more negative than positive. Yeah. Uh the most recent thing is he said he probably won't be ready for the start of the finals, but would be back at some time through there. I guarantee this is one of those questions too that Steve Kerr and Kevin Durant and everybody on the Warriors hates getting asked because it's one of those you don't know. Like you don't know how he's going to do. When is he going to be out there? I think the report I saw yesterday said he's not even running around like and shooting around. Like he's, I would count on them not having him at all. And that's got to be your mindset if you're the Warriors. Just do, just go forward expecting you're not. And if you get him back, it's just a bonus. It's a bonus, yeah. When he went again, when he went down with the calf injury, there was a very unlikely or it was very unlikely there's very small chance that he'd come back and participate in these playoffs and if he does uh be the person that he was before he left so preparing to play without him is is a prudent thing to do anyway because he's not going to be able to even if he comes back uh be the animal that he was where he's just carrying your team shooting 30 shots um i would make the argument that even if he does come back that's not in your best interest against either one of these eastern conference teams that you might see anyway like you don't want to get stagnant. Your the beauty of your team versus them because they're all kind of bigger and longer and got is that movement that you're seeing in in KD's absence. So um, yeah, well, hold on a second, just to get it clear. You think it'd be better for the Warriors 
to sit him the rest of the season. No, okay, I'm you're saying, saying to play the style that they play without him. Right. Even if he comes back. Right. And it would be good for them, number one, because I is think that it's a possible, style to play. Is that possible? But like, it's Kevin Durant, well, is that going to be a seamless transition? I think it could be possible because Kevin Durant, I don't believe is going to be in enough shape and he's not going to feel good enough to just stand there and just go ISO for an entire game. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think it's possible that when he comes back, he has to give up some of the reins. Um, and, and they can get back to playing like that. So lost in all the discussion about Kevin Durant, is he going to return? Is he not going to return? I think we forget that they have another all-star that's sitting on their bench that's yeah. been sitting there because of uh, an injury as well, and that's Boogie Cousins. Uh, Boogie partially tore his Achilles on April 15th. That was game two of the first round. Uh, Kerr was asked about his availability for game one of the finals, and he said, I feel good a lot better. Or this, excuse me, this is Boogie Cousins. I feel good, a lot better than I was. I'm in a better place. I'm able to get up and down the court more. I'm able to play a little competition basketball. I'm, I'm in a lot better place. Kerr said he looks good. He went through the whole practice. He doesn't have any more pain. It sounds like he's going to be back. You're saying no? Or you're saying the same thing? Like I'm saying that if I could have Boogie back, um, even if he looked good, I'd be really cautious about bringing Boogie back in any real capacity if I was Golden State. Um, he just wasn't that good this year. Like He didn't. He had moments where he was all right, but he wasn't great. And, you know, we've been playing really good without him. I bring him back as a body, like as insurance and in foul situations, but I wouldn't be bringing him back to kind of force, you know, the issue and reintegrate him into the offense right away. That would be purely as another body. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens with them when he does return, how does it impact their play, who gets the ball, all those touches and all those types of things. Um, the all NBA teams. I'm having a weird relationship with the camera. Do you see me right now? Yeah, because you always like, look I, over like, there, right? I, yeah, I don't know. Like every time I look at it, I'm like looking away. We're supposed to try to ignore it, but I'm I told you, you to, want to I address see you it. Looking at it, and I look at it, and then it. I it can know. be weird sometimes. We're just oh, we're just yeah. hanging out, having a discussion. Right, there go. you go. Uh, I don't know if that one's the best look when you just hide your face. <laughs> Save it for the marijuana discussion. That's when you might want to hide. Um, so all NBA teams were announced yeah. yesterday, and it impacts some guys more so than most when you talk about the max deals and all of those types of implications. Clay Thompson was actually informed by the media. Here's when he found out yesterday. You nearly made the all NBA team, which would have elevated your potential. Oh, I did. They already came out? Yeah, it came out today. You were like uh, right behind who got, or no, no, right behind who got 13. Kyrie. But you, you barely, yeah, Kemba. Kemba got it. Uh, you were a couple. I mean, that's cool and all, but like, when you go to five straight finals, I, I, I respect those guys, but holy, when you go to five straight, I mean, it takes more than just a couple of NBA guys. It's like all time team, but whatever. That's not a, I'd rather win a championship than be 13 on NBA, so it's all good. Do you, not, do you not like that, that that affects potential contract statuses, you know, all NBA stuff? Because that would have elevated yeah. you. It's, it is what it is. You know, I can't control it. Uh, do I think there's that many guards better than me in the league? No, but that's the reason why we're still playing, so. I don't even want to get into it, honestly. How are you able to roll that off your back, given, I mean, there's money implications? Rings. That's a great answer. But later when Clay Thompson steps away from it and realizes $30 million is the difference between him making an all-NBA team or not making it, which is what he just found out in that clip, yeah. He's got to be like, man, this is messed up. And the NBA, the Players Association, start looking at this and saying – what are we really doing when we're determining the value of our contracts based on media 
members voting on it. It's not the players. It's not the coaches. It's media. And a lot of media do have personal beefs. They have personal. Absolutely it is. So that would bother me. Like if I'm a player rep for a team, I am bringing this up at the next meeting saying we have got to fix this in a league with forward thinking, very player forward. You've got to do something to keep this from happening because it's going to cost him $30 million. I agree 100%. Um, let's use, uh, Kevin Durant and, and, uh, what's the media member? He works for ESPN. What's his name? Uh, Brian Windhorst? No. Or McMiniman? No, one of them. They're in a beef right now. (laughs) Oh, even Strauss, the dude that used to work for him? I shouldn't. Doesn't matter. But anyway, there's a Twitter. There's a Twitter. What's his name? Yeah, Chris, Chris Broussard. Broussard. They're beefing yes, right now, right? One. Yeah. Now, Kevin Durant's clearly an all-NBA player, so it's it's a bad. But let's say he's a borderline. Let's say he's Clay Thompson, right? right. And they're beefing. Um, You don't think his vote's going to be skewed? By 100% the, it on, is. On Twitter? Like, you can't have guys' salaries and livelihoods, you know, attached to, you know, media members. Like, who are you to be determining whether a guy is eligible for another $30 million on top of his salary or not. I think it's a bad look. I agree with you. And the NBA typically gets these things right, so I would foresee them um, you know, going back to the table and figuring out what, what the right way to do this is. What is the right way? Because I don't think there is a perfect solution because as a player who voted on the Pro Bowl, I saw things where there was campaigning. There was a lot of politics involved. You're going to bat for your I don't, buddies, whether it was a college teammate, somebody you play with an old team, and you're sitting I think saying, you hey, get I rid of the. Guys. I think you get rid of the criteria of having to be an NBA. Any NBA <laughs> right, just let the that, contract yeah, be the for co- itself. Yeah, right. let, the, let the players negotiate their deals and Correct. it's based on the play. And if you're a good player... And you're, you know, a championship caliber paper who's brought all these rings to Golden State. You should yes. be able to have that as your leverage, right? If, if you're, yeah, I mean, because here's another thing, right? You, you got Marvin Bagley on all NBA vote. Eric Gordon. See, guys like that, those the guys that make those votes, the guys that voted James Harden, uh, gave him two votes for all like all NBA defensive team. Those guys have no business having a vote for any of this. You know what I mean, Danny? Like they're the same people that are voting for the all NBA teams. If you could sit there and cast your vote for James Harden to make an all NBA defensive team, <laughs> you need to have your vote, you your think, voting ability stripped. Do you think this is a case where they just put down the wrong category? Maybe Jordan Bell, Ed Davis. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, whoever you are, you they need to have your voting vote. stripped. Yeah, your they, privileges should be stripped. They absolutely should re, uh, remove their vote. Um, I'm a Heisman voter. Yeah. Which is, it's way too many voters. 850 voters somewhere in that category vote for the Heisman. All, some, there was the year, uh, Keenan Reynolds, the uh, quarterback from Navy. Yeah. Had an exceptional year, set the NCAA all-time record. I forget who won, I forget who won the, uh, the Heisman that year. I think it was Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, uh, and Keenan Reynolds. So right. I put, Christian McCaffrey won because right. I thought he deserved it. I had Derrick Henry two because I thought he was the second most deserving. And my third vote, I was like, you know what? There might be some other players there, but I want to give Keenan Reynolds some recognition. Sure. And like, that's why I want him to be there. He got invited to New York. It was a really cool experience for him, but I didn't think he was going to win the award, but that's not what these people are saying. Cause it's, it's egregiously bad that you're putting James Harden as an all defensive player. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, 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 it would like the Ed Davis one. That's somebody in Brooklyn, I'm assuming. That would be like me writing in for one of the quarterbacks from University of Miami this year. Right, just because you like them. Just because right. I like the, the Hurricanes. That's ridiculous. And it's irresponsible when you're tying people's financial like livelihood and their 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 life to it. I think it's irresponsible. So, the, the, you know, uh, again, the NBA just needs to go away from having any of the all-NBA teams or all-defensive teams or any of that really factor into somebody's, to somebody's like contract. Like, if you want to say that, you know, each team, I don't know, has – has two contracts where they can super max a dude and, and it's up to the team as to whether or not they want to do it or not. So it's purely, you know, their choice and, and it doesn't hinge on a hundred, you know, people who have no 
real tie to the player, maybe, but I, I don't think that letting them vote and having that affect a, a $30 million swing in your salary should be the answer. All right, so let's look at the All-NBA first team, which was announced yesterday. Uh, it's a pretty impressive group, but I definitely have something I have to ask you because we have Giannis, James Harden, Steph Curry, Paul George, and Nikola Jokic, all great, great players. Yep. None of those guys that we talked about as, quote, the best player of the world. We talked about two of them who actually made the second team, and that was Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard, who were both on the second team, not the first team. Yeah. Did you have a beef with that? No. Like, no. So you're okay with them being the first team or being the second team but possibly being the best player in the world? Like, how does yeah, that happen? It, well, because it's about what you did this year, right? And if you go down, I mean, Kawhi Leonard only played 60 games this year, right? Right. He took off so, 22 games right. for our load manager. So there you have it. You could have a great 62 games, but some of these other guys had a great, like, 79 games. You know what I mean? And so right. um, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant missed a bunch of time this year too, didn't he? Yep. Right? So how many? Oh, he only missed four games? Yeah, so there would there would be one potentially, right? And what I think is more important about this is the 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 guard guard forward forward center debate. Like we're playing positionless right. basketball, right? Right. So, so why do we, we have to have? We a don't center have on. to have a center if Kevin Durant is better than Jokic. And I'm just you know I'm not Which saying he is. No, but, he, but, but he is. let's say he had a undeniable better season than Nikola Jokic, right? Yeah, By everyone's account, then he right. should be. And just uh, call him a forward. And just call him a forward because right. we're playing positionless anyway. Like you right. know what I mean? Right. Exactly. The third team rounds it off: Westbrook, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, Rudy Gobert. And Kemba Walker. Like, Rudy, like, all right, all right, all right. So, like, Rudy Gobert, let's say. Rudy Gobert, one of the top 15 players in the NBA? Mm, I don't think so. This year, was he? Maybe, maybe. No, he was not. <laughs> he was not. No, he was not. But, he, <laughs> but I mean, because he's a center, like, he was the third best right. center, they're saying, right? I like Rudy Gobert, but, uh, I mean, there's someone that could be taking that, that spot, right? Any problem with LeBron making it when he was uh, missed 14 games? No, nah, 14 games isn't. No, I'm, I'm cool. Right, I'm, right. All right. Uh, missed 27 the entire Oh, 27 game. LeBron. Yeah, but, but he's LeBron, dude. Exactly. I mean, and he's, his numbers. And that's the whole still... reason. See, that's why when they had the, the players receiving votes, it was Dwayne Wade. That was totally a legacy vote. I mean, right. it's the only way you could justify that. All right. Welcome back to Kinell and Bell hanging out with Raja here on a Friday. We got summer just around the corner. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. We're looking forward to that. Going to kick back, relax with the families, enjoying that. So this is a uh, much needed respite for me. Yeah. After the, uh, the beatdown I took for some, uh, trolls on Twitter. And it was more than just trolls. It was really nasty to give it some context. Yesterday I put it on a tweet. It was basically referencing the coverage of marijuana use in the light of Chris Long coming forward and saying he had smoked as a player, yep. which I was like, I think Chris Long is a great dude. Mm -hmm. I think he does a great job putting out different, um, um, social issues to the forefront, starting conversations about him. I think he's a hundred percent, a hundred percent spot on that the NFL drug testing policy is a joke and that they should do away with it. I think that's all, like all of those are good things. What bothers me <clears throat> is when the conversation around marijuana becomes, hey, this is the best drug that's ever been out there. If you, like, it becomes like, all right, if you eat your fruit and your veggies and you smoke some weed, like, you're going to be doing, you're just a great life. And all my thing is, <laughs> let's just slow down a little bit with the marijuana is a wonder drug. Yes, it does have some good benefits, yeah. but like everything that has some good, there is some risk involved. And I feel like it gets glossed over a lot of times because people want to put their agenda through, which is to have it legalized, which again, I'm okay with. I just want people to be honest about it. So a bong hit a day doesn't keep the doctor away. <laughs> I don't That's know. No, I, look, so I, I got the news yesterday afternoon yes. on Twitter. So you, you, you hit me up and then I, I, I actually just went in and Googled it and there you were. Right. Oh yeah. A controversial take on, on marijuana. I don't have any problem with that. Like, because, the only thing, this is where I, I understood where they're coming from. 
and I made a joke before the thing is when, <laughs> when you kind of, when you compared it to the opioid thing, I think that's where people got really offended. Of course. It's, 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 and it's, I'm not, I don't want to downplay the opioid crisis that's right. in our country, but like, for example, I took opioids that were prescribed to me by right. doctors to deal with pain. Mm-hmm. It helped me a ton. I had back issues. Sure. I took them for that. I had knee surgery. I took them for that. My wife took them for her C-section. It helped her for that. We took them as prescribed. We threw them away after they were done or just yeah. stopped the prescription. Yep. And those were good. Now, I'm not out there promoting opioids saying these are great because I'm very well aware of the people that are dying because they're, they're abusing them. But at the same time, I feel like we totally gloss over people that do have lives being ruined by marijuana and people are like, well, no, that's not happening. I'm saying, yes, it does. Maybe they're not the same type of overdoses, but if you look at some of the mental health disorders that come about depression issues, anxiety, schizophrenia, like there are a lot of potential side effects from marijuana. And I'm just like, we should at least be having that discussion before we're like, Hey, this is great. I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I, no, that's I what I, I don't understand. I, you are right though about the opioid thing. Yeah. I think people were very, very upset about that. It, but I think people were more it, upset. It, it, I think the see, and it, it just it it felt like they felt like you marginalized the crisis with the opioid thing. Right. And it wasn't as much your take on the marijuana and and the conversation about whether or not there are uh, uh, ramifications of continual use that we're not discussing right now. I felt like they cared more about the feeling of marginalization of the opioid crisis, right? And so, right. and that, and so, but I think your point is very fair. I right. Mean, we, 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 you know. As it pertains, though, to sport, I don't know that these leagues need to be. Look, this is being legalized in a lot of places. Not every state has it legal. It's going to be probably nationally in within five years, I would guess. I don't know why our leagues, like the NBA and the NFL, feel like they need to be the moral police on whether or not you you can recreationally use marijuana. Like there, right. and there are a lot of reasons why. You're talking about like physical pain in, in football and, and dealing with that if it helps you cope. You're talking about like stress and, and anxiety and stuff like that if it would help you cope. Like I, if it's being legalized. I'm not saying that you have to champion for it if you're the NBA or the NFL. Right. I'm saying just take it out of the stuff that you're suspending people for. Like don't have it in in the list of things that you're testing for, right? You could still test for the steroids and the HGH and everything else you, you want to test for. Just get rid of that. Here's what I appreciate about the NBA and their policy, which is much more lenient than the NFL's. They don't try to side skirt the issue by saying, oh, we're going to look at it from pain management. They're just like, hey, this is more acceptable it, uh, more states do have it legal, so let's just find, kind of follow along with our country. What I don't like is I feel it's disingenuous when players are out there saying, "Hey, this is great for pain management," which it may be. And there's right. been some, there has been some research that does say that, but in reality, most of the guys just want to smoke and get high, and I'm okay with that. Like if most, like I was out there getting drunk. There's not that much difference in marijuana and alcohol, right. but let's just. Be honest about it and say, hey, we're going to follow the national kind of lean that we're going to where people are more okay with it. It is ridiculous that it's a Schedule One drug. Like All of those things are true, but let's just be honest about it. And my big concern, and this is where it's kind of – this is where it hits close to home, and I'm curious to you because you have three boys and a daughter. I have three daughters. They're young. They're impressionable ages. I feel like the national conversation of like weed is so great – that it is going to be like accepted and there's like an epidemic of kids that are vaping and you, cause you can't really find it and you can't smell it a lot more. It's a My lot more. My son told me he had an eighth grader that was smoking in class the other day. He was high on the bus. Right. Which like, to me is the most dangerous time to be doing it. Yeah. Right. Cause that's when it has the most effect on your brain, on your brain cells, on the potential, potential addiction issues. I was flabbergasted how many people said, there's zero risk to marijuana. And that to me is they're either being duped or they don't want to listen to any of the research. And I get, like, I get it. Like you can smoke and there maybe nothing happens to you, 
But right. the same way that I took opioids, nothing happened to me. It could be something devastating to somebody else. Yeah, I, I think that we've had this conversation about other subjects about the national or, or, or media's push to have things normalized to a point that we don't feel comfortable with our kids feeling like things are, are normal and should be, you know, accepted as the norm, right? And I, I feel the same way about, I, like, the marijuana conversation. Like, I, I don't, my, my kids should not feel like that is something that that they should be experimenting with and freely and openly uh 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 partaking in in the eighth grade that should not be the conversation they, there needs to be uh a more careful conversation had you know as a regards to, to drugs and, and stuff like that and anyone who would tell you that there are no negative side effects uh to, to smoking weed on, on the regular right like talk, they're lying talk to me as a freshman at boston university when i had lost like you know just most of the cares i was just out there like whatever like but i was high a lot right you know what i mean like and so that's not true i could tell you that from experience it, it has effects now you know it, it might not be the same as the opioid crisis but right. but it has effects and they can be negative right. so and it you know be, and that, that's a very naive point of view too that's a very it's a very pointed like i'm trying to accomplish something with with what i'm saying uh type of view on that and i disagree with any any topic that we're talking about if you're only going to come at it from one side and try to drill that and you can't have some perspective and look at the whole thing, then I, then I don't think you're being responsible with the conversation. And that's what bothers me is instead of having a point-counterpoint type of argument, it became, hey, you're a loser. You should shut up. You're an idiot. How do you have a show? How do you have a national voice? I'm like, but that's become the way things work is if you don't like what somebody has to say, you just mute them, you complain about them, you insult them or whatever it yeah. is that you just don't like. And that's, that's like, it's depressing. That's, it's a that's me thing. where it that's started to are. get in my head. Right. I was like, man, this is depressing. Boy, People get your ass off of Twitter, <laughs> man. What are you doing, bro? <laughs> that could possibly be the best advice man. I could ever hear out there today. <laughs> so, so wait, this Memorial Day, what are you doing? What you got going on? I don't I mean, know. we're going to be by the pool, <laughs> right? He's going to be, be relaxing <laughs> outside, maybe put on some reggae, some it is Marley. In Florida, right? Like, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Well, the other thing too that gets really confusing too is that there is the CBD, which is legal across, and it's, you know, it is, it's a strain, it's, it's separating the THC and the CBD, and right. there are some definite health effects to that, uh, some advantages, and probably not as much risk, which, right. but I don't think it's as strong, which is a total different argument. It definitely helps people. Um, but it's just, there's, it's a very nuanced discussion, which probably, yeah, again, is. why you can't really have it on social not media. Not with all infos. On Twitter. No. All right. Um, do the, you want me to do this question? You want me to break, Debo? <laughs> All right, Greg. He's like, Greg, get out of here before our bosses. We don't talk a lot of politics. We don't talk a lot of marijuana. But when it is relevant, when people are out there, we're going to get on it and give it our uh, our best. Out of the remorse, was there about one of the reasons why one of the many things that you and Mike didn't see eye to eye on was Le'Veon Bell um, and, and the addition of Le'Veon Bell? Could you just comment on that? We signed him. I'm excited we have him. I've been in constant communication with him. Discussions happen, and to me, it's it's when you're going through free agency, you're trying to put together, and we sign a lot of guys, you're trying to put together a big puzzle, and you're trying to figure out money, fit, locker room, all those things. There's just a lot of things that go in, into all that stuff, and discussions are had, and whether or not we di we disagreed on anything, if it was financially, that's a completely different story than... The person or the player. Did you overpay for Oh, I mean, the contract was 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 what it was. I mean, you can overpay what. I mean, every everybody can criticize contracts all you want, but he's here. I'm excited he's here. I think our players are excited he's here. I know our coaches are. 
mean, you get a chance to coach a great player, a guy that's done things that nobody's ever done in the league. Like, we're excited for that opportunity. I'm excited to get him in the offense so I can start figuring out what else can we do with him? What hasn't he done? What could he be great at? Oh, boy. I think he's seeing the soap opera, I think, is just getting started. I thought uh, he did good. He did. He spun it pretty yeah, nice. He, he spun it good. around yeah. because obviously it's got to be a little bit awkward when Mike McCagnan is fired and basically the kind of the main issue. Yes, it was a lot of the veterans that they signed, uh, disagreements on some of them, but Le'Veon Bell was really the center point of that, which we've talked a lot about too. Like, Hey, would you invest that much money to a running back? I wouldn't. Right. I think it's a position you can find. You can get cheaper and not have that much of a drop off. The Steelers proved that last year. So I, th- I get that. But to get the guy fired and get him kicked to the curb, I think that presents a little bit of something unique. When Le'Veon Bell went out there and tweets and says, hey, I don't know what's true, but I'm going to try to win them over, I think it's going to it's gonna be interesting. I think it's going to be a soap opera, though, the first game when Le'Veon Bell doesn't get as many touches or they start losing and you start fingers being pointed. If they win, winning cures everything. Everybody will forget about this. Why would that boy not get his touches? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Touches. <laughs> he has to because he's got a $52.5 million contract. And, and you got a baby quarterback that's trying exactly. to cut his, There are a lot of reasons why they need him to be the bell cow this year. So 100%. I think that'll show you. If he don't get no touches, we got Houston, we got a real problem. But is he going to fall lockstep in line with Adam Gase? Because if you didn't do that in years past, uh, a la Jarvis Landry. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's had other players that he had run-ins with. And my hunch is that those guys probably were a little bit more established veterans like Le'Veon Bell. Remember Jay Ajahi? Maybe they didn't love coming and doing all the extra work or doing things his way. I don't know if it was hitting in practice, whatever the issues might have been. But They weren't Le'Veon Bell, man. True. Jarvis Landry wasn't Jarvis He's, Landry yet. He was he no, was but becoming he, but, Jarvis Landry. Do you know what I mean? Like he wasn't a star star yet. He was just a good player in Miami. At that point. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel like he took that next step in, in. But he didn't make him Jarvis Landry. The Browns made him Jarvis Landry. That's my biggest That's problem. That's Gase. Why didn't you make Jarvis Landry great? It was the quarterback's fault? Maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, you I know, but he was a heck of a player. Like, the guy's a naturally gifted talent. And you ran him off. You traded him. I think Adam Gase did everything he needed to do in that press conference. And I, I am not an Adam Gase apologist. You know, I, I will slam him, but right. I thought you came out. He had to handle it that way. And handle it. Good job. And not just the Mike McCagnan stuff that I'm, that was with, you know, they had some of that in the press conference too, but as a Pertains specifically to Le'Veon Bell and making him feel like you wanted him here. And he said that the coaches were excited and that the players were excited. And, you know, these are all things of the player that you're listening to it. When you hear these things, you're like, all right, he's checking that box. He's checking that box. He's a great talent. Who wouldn't want to coach a great talent? Like if you're Le'Veon Bell, I think you're sitting back saying, all right, like I'm, I'm in with this where there could have been an opportunity for you to be out on that. Yes. Right. Like that, that press conference goes a long way for having the player in with what you're trying to sell as a coach. I would hope that's exactly what he said to Le'Veon Bell. Cause I do think you would have to, if you're Adam Gase, I would hope that he already talked to Le'Veon, right. pulled him in his office and said, Hey, look, I know there's been a lot of stuff swirling around, a lot of rumors circling. All that is in the past. You got a really nice contract and let's go earn it. Let's right. have some fun together. I'm right. going to use you. I'm going to, here's how the, here's the different ways I'm going to do it. Uh, and we're going to move forward and it's all going to be great. So you Try to do that, try to put all that water under the bridge. I did think there was an interesting nugget that came out of there where it said Adam Gase said Le'Veon Bell's Instagram post messages are told to Gase from Bell before he posts. Coach obviously talking about his great communication with Bell. This is kind of similar to what I'll do with Debo or Coca. I'll be like, hey, what do you think of this one? In fact, yesterday morning, because I sent the tweet that started the firestorm, I said to Debo, I was like, hey, I was like, what do you think of this? He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. I should have listened to him. Do you think this actually happens? I don't either. There is no (laughs) 
uh, there, there is no possibility that Le'Veon Bell is having his tweets and his Instagrams okayed by damn Adam Gase. That no. is ridiculous. And if it is, it's, it is ridiculous. It is it's ridiculous. in college. It's professional football. Like that's some sun stuff, right? Like, like you're getting sunned. If you gotta be, I don't know any player, even the, the, the wildest of the wild that we're gonna be held to a, a standard where they gotta have their Instagram stories checked by the organization. That's, that's absurd. It's really dumb. Uh, I think he was just trying to emphasize, hey, we have a good relationship. This is how much he trusts me he's showing me these maybe it happened once maybe he said hey is it okay if i like with his tweet when he said no <laughs> it is not bro stay in your lane gay Gase. you ain't looking at none of mine but what i'm saying is if Le'Veon ran that by him after that first tweet said hey is it okay if i tweet this and that's kind of a solid step in the right direction now does it have to continue no i think that's weird and i think it's dysfunctional which pretty much describes all the new york franchises right because the giants would are, you ever take a tweet like i mean i, I don't know i don't know I'm not running nothing you by Coach that when you're 25, 26 years old, though. You know, I would be even more emboldened because I'd have no perspective on it then. I would, I would be firing off tweets left and right. I'm not looking for any kind of <laughs> approval from anybody. Like that's the guy who's not on Twitter. Correct, correct. <laughs> and we both, neither one of us did have Twitter. Thank goodness we didn't, because I probably found myself even more trouble right. back then than I do now, where I have that yeah. benefit. But I could see a, I could see a case where he does. At least run one by and then like you move on. Like you can just say, Hey, don't screw it up. That would be my advice as a coach. Hey, you own it. It's your stuff. If you do something, you have to deal with the consequences. Just don't make it a news. Just don't make it a news right. item. Um, the New York Jets are a mess. The Giants are a mess. The Knicks are a disaster. And the Mets, even with the latest, uh, you know, Yoannis Cespedes injury with their manager, you know, is he on the outs? Is he not? Yeah. I think it's still hands down. I think it's the next or the the Knicks nah, dog. are the most dysfunctional New York franchise. Jets. Why? Jets. Why? Bro, look at every statistical category. <laughs> uh the Jets with a twenty nine percent win win uh twenty nine win percentage. Yeah. Uh the Knicks are fractionally better at thirty one. Um last playoff appearance though for the Knicks was two thousand and thirteen. The Jets was two thousand and ten. Um, last championship for the Knicks was 73. The Jets was 68. The Jets are the winners in the most dysfunctional franchise in New York race. Um, you think? The Giants I, shouldn't even be in there, really. It's been a mess as of late. But they got a last championship in 2011, man. Like, they're, they, they've had a good run for, for a while. Like, it's, it, they shouldn't even be in the conversation. It's a Knicks and Jets competition with the Mets squarely in third. I, I agree with you that the Giants should not be on there. I think just the fact that their GM selected a quarterback that people don't like doesn't mean like, yes, they've had some rough seasons, yeah. but they're still one of the most storied, respected franchises, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the deal right there. So yeah. I, I don't think it's a big deal at all. Um, the fastest player in the NFL. I think it's a fascinating debate. I would love to see who could actually be it. Right. And you know what? We might actually get to see that happen. A few years ago on uh, my radio show at ESPN, I proposed this idea with Ryan Rosillo, loved it, and said, if I had the type of money where I was a promoter like a Don King or mm -hmm. whoever, I would stage this and people would watch it, and it seems like it's going to get done, and I think people would be fascinated. This was your idea? Originally, yes, but I'm not going to get credit or money or anything from it. This The way All they're right. going to do it is mm -hmm. awesome. So I love the fact they're going to go do it. Like. NFL guys always talk trash about who's the fastest on the sure. team. I don't know if I told you the story before, but I was at Florida State in training camp. So we were in there like two a days. I'm gassed. It's like 1030 at night. I'm in bed trying to get some sleep. All of a sudden I hear like this yelling and like stuff's going on out in the street. I'm like, what is going on? 
opened the door. Out in the street, players had blocked off the street, and there were dudes racing to see who the fastest dude on the team was. Like, it happens all the time. Me too. Like, it's let's go to battle. We'll find out who it is. If they do this, it will be, especially, you know, Ted Ginn is out there talking trash that he had $10,000 for anybody that could beat him. You got Alvin Kamara, Tariq Cohen, Robbie Anderson, Mark Ingram, Jacoby Ford, Corey Coleman, Dominique Rogers, Kamardi, Buda Baker, and uh, Kevin Byard. A ton of different players doing it. Right. I love it. I think it's going to be awesome. Why is, isn't Tariq, Tariq Hill like the fastest guy? In? Yeah, but I don't know if I'd have him any. You know, you can't have him. him out there. No, 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 no. <laughs> this you isn't run by the NFL, though, is it? I don't. No, I, it's I, not sanctioned NFL play. work. This is no. It's going to be awesome. Oh, 300 episode. 300 first because you missed 300. What? Where's our confetti today? Uh, there it is. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. <laughs>